What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. I'm here with my NFL Week 12 preview and predictions. Going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in their second matchup of the season. The Ravens and the Browns. Rams taking on the Packers. And we have the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Happy Thanksgiving to all you guys who are watching. It is currently 11.51 a.m. on Thursday morning or Thanksgiving morning. I'm about to record this. Then after I get done recording this, I'm probably going to watch the Lions and the Bears game. Didn't talk about that matchup because I didn't really think anybody would be all that interested about it because I'm not really all that interested in watching. I'm just a big fan of football. I'm also going to be trying to watch the Egg Bowl this afternoon or later tonight against Ole Miss and Mississippi State. You got Lane Kiffin versus Mike Leach, so I'm looking forward to that. And it's kind of sad because, you know, football season is starting to come to an end. Um, College football is wrapping up its final week this week of the regular season. Then next week, we have conference championship week. Then after that, it enters bowl season. Then you got early signing day and whatnot. And then for the NFL, you know, this is a really critical stretch right now for a lot of NFL teams trying to make that late playoff push. And we're only, what, a couple of months left of the NFL before the playoffs start and in January so football season is coming to an end if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast welcome make sure that you go ahead and follow me on all of my social media platforms my Instagram and Twitter are both at JT Sports underscore once again you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter both usernames are at JT Sports underscore and if you haven't already make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel which is JT Sports the Pittsburgh Steelers are 5-4-1 coming off a loss against the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday Night Football this past week. And the Cincinnati Bengals are 6-4. They are a 4.5 point favorite in this game. This game is going to kick off 1 p.m. Eastern Time. The Bengals... Last time they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, defeated them 24-10 week three, really early in the season. And the Bengals are a team that, you know... A lot of people don't really know how they feel about them. A lot of people have mixed feelings about Cincinnati. Now, back when I was doing my early record predictions for the year, I felt like Cincinnati was a fringe playoff team. I felt like this is a team that could get into the playoffs. This also is a team that probably could be on the outside looking in during the final weeks of the playoff hunt. So this is a really big game. And for Every single team in the AFC North, like the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Bengals, every single team in this division has a tough schedule. And when you look at Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, these these two teams have two of the tougher schedules in all of the NFL. The Steelers, to close out the remainder of the season, they play Cincy, they play the Ravens, the Vikings, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Ravens to close out the final week of the regular season. And then you look at Cincinnati, they play Pittsburgh, San Francisco, the Broncos, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Browns. Like, these two teams have some really tough remaining schedules left. And this 
game is going to be really important because not only are these two teams trying to make it into the playoffs but everybody has a really great chance of winning the AFC North so the last time we saw the Bengals beat Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's offense struggled to really do anything against Cincinnati you had turnovers by Ben Roethlisberger Najee Harris didn't really do anything on the ground but he had a big day in the passing game um he had 14 receptions for 102 receiving yards and I'm kind of wondering how Pittsburgh is going to look in this game because from a health standpoint this team is really beaten up like you have injuries to some of your starting offensive linemen you have injuries at wide receiver Big Ben is playing banked up Minka Fitzpatrick is going to play in this game he just cleared um COVID um the COVID protocol he just got taken off the COVID-19 slash injury reserve list so he should be able to play in this game we still don't know the status of star pass rusher tj wadden cornerback joe hayden hopefully they are able to play in this game now for the pittsburgh steelers there are some Steelers fans who believe that the steelers offense has turned the corner because you look at what they did in the fourth quarter of that Sunday night loss to the Los Angeles Chargers being down 17, scoring 24 unanswered points, but still they found a way to lose the game because of a blown coverage on defense. Now, Personally, I don't think that the Steelers offense has turned the corner. And this is coming from a diehard Steelers fan. You guys got to remember that the Los Angeles Chargers going into that game didn't have one of the best defenses in the NFL. As a matter of fact, the Chargers ranked near the bottom of every statistical category on defense this year when we're looking at the stats and the numbers. So for Pittsburgh's offense, I expected them to put up points in this game. So it wasn't no surprise that they had the big offensive explosion that they did in the second half, mainly the fourth quarter of that matchup. Now they got absolutely shredded by Austin Eckler. He had four, he had five or four total touchdowns. It was actually four total touchdowns. I was thinking about Jonathan Taylor who at five but when I look at Pittsburgh right now offensively I do like the fact that we kind of have found identity run the football of Najee Harris or pretty much it's just been find a way to get the football to Deontay Johnson or Najee Harris and we got to talk about what Deontay Johnson has done this season so far he definitely should be a Pro Bowl selection or he at least should receive a good amount of Pro Bowl votes if anything he should be you know a noteworthy Pro Bowl snub because he has done a lot of good things for the Steelers offense this year he has has been the most reliable receiver on this Steelers offense. You got to remember that this was somebody who was top five last season and dropped. So I've been really impressed with how Deontay Johnson has performed. Mike Tomlin during his weekly pressure was asked about Jamar Chase and the fact that he's been kind of quiet over the last couple of weeks. And that's because the NFL has started to take note of Jamar Chase. This is coming from the voice and the words of Mike Tomlin. And he's basically saying that the NFL now is starting to put a lot of emphasis defensively on slowing down Jamar Chase. And in the last matchup, the first time these two teams played this season, Jamar Chase had four catches for 65 
five yards receiving and two receiving touchdowns. So he did a lot of damage the first go around. So the game plan for Pittsburgh defensively is going to be really intriguing. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to have Joe Hayden cover him if he's able to play in this game? Are you going to have a safety over the top just to make sure that he doesn't do anything big when it comes to downfield passing game? And one thing about Cincinnati's offense is like Cincinnati's offense is a offense that once he gets going it's pretty hard to stop you have a offensive line that you know still has his struggles here and there but for the most part has improved compared to where they've been last year but this is a methodical offense that can beat you throwing the football downfield with the phenomenal receiving core that they have with T Higgins Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase but also they can also beat you underneath they can take those five three yard slant routes that you want to give them they can be really efficient And he also can be a big play offense, so it's pretty much pick your poison. You got Joe Mixon, who has been a pretty good... Um, running back this year he's a pretty good running back overall when he's able to stay on the field keyword when he's able to stay healthy but he's also been having a pro bowl caliber season as well so this is a Cincinnati Bengals offense that put a 32 points last week on a struggling Las Vegas Raiders team and for Pittsburgh this is a game that you definitely have to make sure that you're able to find your rhythm offensively you can't afford turnovers because that's what got Pittsburgh in trouble the first go around these two teams matched up Pittsburgh's offense wasn't really able to do anything big ben was coughing the football up and the Bengals defense really got after the pittsburgh steelers when it comes to their offensive line like ben roethlisberger didn't really have a lot of time to really do anything didn't really have a lot of time to take shots downfield and cincinnati knows what pittsburgh likes to do offensively pittsburgh has to switch things up the play calling has to be switched up because cincinnati is really familiar with the tendencies that pittsburgh likes to do okay on third down they're either running the slant route or they're running the out route and then Cincinnati also knows that they have to look out for those back shoulder fades those quick pop plays that Big Ben likes to hike the ball and get the ball out really fast to his wide receivers so Pittsburgh is going to have to show Cincinnati some different looks because Cincinnati pretty much knows everything that Pittsburgh likes to do offensively and they pretty much know what's coming before it even happens they probably know what Pittsburgh is going to do in certain in certain situations before Pittsburgh probably even knows what they're going to do in certain situations so for their offensive coordinator Matt Canada he's going to have to throw some new looks at Cincinnati because Cincinnati pretty much knows what's coming when it comes to this Pittsburgh Steeler offense they definitely do have their number even dating Bay even dating back to last year now the team I'm going to take to win this game I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this game Vegas has Cincinnati as a four and a half point favorite. I believe Pittsburgh is going to win this game. They're going to win outright. And the reason for it is because I don't think Mike Tomlin being the coach that he is, is going to lose to Cincinnati twice. I believe that everything that got exploited by the Cincinnati Bengals when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers the first time isn't really nothing when it comes to a talent standpoint. Maybe the offensive line is the issue, but the offensive line definitely has played better now than what it did back then. The offense does look a little bit better now compared to what it did the week three matchup when these two teams 
first played, but not really a big improvement. But I definitely feel like the Steelers, what really haunted them was the turnovers that Ben Roethlisberger has had. Ben Roethlisberger has been playing some really good football over the last couple of weeks. He's been making some really good decisions with the football. And I also feel like the Steelers kind of being a little bit more committed to the rain game. I feel like the Steelers should be able to steal a victory against Cincinnati. This game is most likely going to be close. It's going to be decided by one possession because pretty much every single game that Steelers have played this season has been decided by one possession or less. So I'm going to take the Steelers to get the victory. 24 to 20 is going to be my final score prediction in this game. We have the 7-3 Baltimore Ravens taking on the 6-5 Cleveland Browns. The Ravens are a 3.5 point favorite. This game is going to be played on Sunday Night Football, 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff on NBC. Last week, the Baltimore Ravens defeated the Chicago Bears 16-13, led by quarterback Tyler Huntley. Lamar Jackson was out of that game with an illness. He is expected to play in this matchup. And the Browns were barely able to escape with a win against the Detroit Lions. Now, my biggest question that I have for the Cleveland Browns and for the remainder of the season is just going to be how effective is Baker Mayfield going to be? Because right now he's banged up. And we obviously can tell he's been battling all kinds of injuries all this year. He's definitely not healthy. And there have been a lot of people who have been taking shots at Baker Mayfield saying that he's not good, saying that he's overrated. He doesn't deserve to get paid. And... I'm not going to say that he's overrated. I definitely feel like a lot of people view Baker Mayfield properly. I definitely feel like Baker Mayfield is a average to above average quarterback at times. If you give him a good team around him and a solid roster and a good coaching staff, he can win you a lot of games and have a lot of success. But he's not somebody who's built to win with a roster that lacks in certain areas. He's not a quarterback that can kind of hide your weaknesses per se. So... My biggest question for Cleveland that I have, and hopefully one of you Browns fans can give me a logical answer to this, but if Baker Mayfield is injured and him being injured is obviously affecting his play, why is he still starting? Why hasn't Cleveland just decided to say, you know what, Baker, we're going to sit you for a couple of games. We're going to start Case Keenum and we're going to allow you to heal up. Now, I saw a Browns fan say that a Baker can play, he needs to play because he gives the Browns a better chance to win compared to Case Keenum. I disagree with that. I can understand if this was Russell Wilson or if this was Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers because even an injured Russell Wilson or 70% healthy Aaron Rodgers is good enough to start on the majority of teams in the NFL. And even a 70% Aaron Rodgers or 70% Russell Wilson is good enough to win you games. But when you look at Baker Mayfield, he's not in that kind of tier. He's not on that kind of level. So I feel like an injured Baker Mayfield doesn't really give you all that big of an advantage. I don't really think an injured Baker Mayfield gives you advantage at all. As a matter of fact, I think that Baker Mayfield playing injured actually puts the Browns offense at a disadvantage because the drop off from Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum, the gap between these two quarterbacks isn't all that large as you may think, even though Baker Mayfield is better. 
I wouldn't think that is by a pretty big margin like a lot of people may think. So the Browns can win with Case Keenum at QB, and they have won with Case Keenum at QB. Remember, they defeated the Devil Broncos on Thursday Night Football not too long ago without Baker Mayfield and without Nick Chubb. And pretty much all the Browns really do is run the football. Then once you get the running game going, you establish play action, and you potentially could have Kareem Hunt coming back after missing the last couple of games with an injury coming off. IR so you could have your one-two punch back fully healthy with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb so really you don't need Case Keenum to do that much all you really need him to throw the ball at most probably should be at least 23 times if everything goes properly now for Baker Mayfield in this game I don't really know if he's going to be audit effective. I really don't understand why Cleveland just doesn't allow Baker Mayfield a couple of weeks to get healthy and you start Case Keenum because nothing really changes with the offense. They both have similar, similar skill sets. They both do similar things and the offense pretty much is dictated on how much success the run game gets going. And if this gets down to a game where the run game doesn't have success for Cleveland and they have to throw the football to win I don't really think that Baker Mayfield will give them the best chance I feel like right now Case Keenum gives them the best chance because you don't really have an effective quarterback in Baker Mayfield playing with that injury right now so for the Ravens their defense has given up a lot of big plays now they don't have a bad defense of any stretch of imagination their defense is still pretty solid but this is a defense that definitely has given up some marquee plays during the course of this season last week they gave up several big plays you had that 60 yard touchdown by Darnell Mooney off the screen you had that 49 yard touchdown to Marquise Godwin they also allow 6.2 yards per play which is 31st in the NFL so this Ravens offense definitely is susceptible to big plays and you kind of got to you know wonder how many big plays are you going to allow in this game because this is a Browns team that likes to run the football a lot and they also like to beat you downfield using the play action pass game so if that run game is able to get going for Cleveland maybe there's a chance that Case Keenum or Baker Mayfield can have success throwing the ball downfield the Cleveland Browns have the second best rushing attack in the league. They're averaging 156.8 rushing yards per game. And the Baltimore Ravens, surprise, surprise, have the second best run defense in the NFL. They only allow 88.2 rushing yards per game. So, for Cleveland, we know that the success of this offense is dictated by how much success they have in the run game. And if Baker Mayfield has to throw the ball more than 25 times in this game, that's going to put Cleveland at a disadvantage in that game. And I just don't know just how effective Baker Mayfield is going to be. Now, another intriguing matchup that you got to look at on you know when we flip sides we look at the Ravens offense versus the Browns defense the Browns have one of the most if not the most talented secondary in all the NFL you got Greg Newsome you got Denzel Ward you got John Johnson you got 
Miles Garrett. You got a lot of talent on the front seven. So the main matchup that I'm going to be watching is going to be how these Baltimore Ravens wide receivers perform against the Cleveland Browns secondary because the Ravens currently aren't really all that deep at wide receiver outside of Marquise Brown. And we don't really know how healthy he's going to be for this matchup. You also do have Mark Andrews, who has been probably the most reliable passing option this year outside of Marquise Brown. But after that, what are going to be the other wide receivers who are going to step up and make plays in this game? Is it going to be Sammy Watkins? Is it going to be rookie wide receiver out of Minnesota? Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman has started to get a good amount of action. And I really want to see if this is going to be a game where he's going to be able to kind of show a glimpse of the potential that he could have that made Baltimore take him in the first round of this past year's NFL draft because I definitely feel like they're going to need somebody else in the passing game to step up because we don't really know how healthy we don't even know if Marquise Brown is even going to suit up and play in this game at all so I want to see a little bit of flashes out of Rashad Bateman now he doesn't have to have a Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith kind of game but you would like to see him kind of have an effect when it comes to deciding the outcome of this matchup so the team I'm going to take to win this game I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. The reason why I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens to win is because I think that there is a good possibility that the Ravens are going to have success stopping the run game of the Cleveland Browns. And if you can keep Cleveland to slightly over 100 yards and you can keep them from having 120 rushing yards or less, I think that would be a pretty good day considering that the Browns are running for 150 per game. So if you can keep them around that 110, you know, 105 rushing yard range, I think that'd be a pretty good day. And on top of that, I just don't trust Baker Mayfield in that game. Not because I don't think he's a good quarterback. I just think right now with the injury that he's currently dealing with right now, all of the injuries that he's currently dealing with right now, like, yeah, you can give him a lot of praise because he's hella tough, but I definitely feel like, you know, he's not going to be all that great against this Ravens defense because of those injuries holding him him back so that's why I got to side with Baltimore to win this game I think the Ravens are going to win this game 27 to 17 is going to be my final score prediction in this game so I'm taking the Ravens to win outright and I'm going to take them to cover as well all right, now let's transition into my game of the week. We have the 7-3 Los Angeles Rams taking on the 8-3 Green Bay Packers. Right now, the Rams are a one-point favorite to win this game. This game is going to kick off 425 p.m. Eastern Time this Sunday on Fox. The LA Rams are currently coming off a bye week, suffering a two-game losing streak. They were defeated by the Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco 49ers. The Green Bay Packers are coming off a loss against the Minnesota Vikings, 34-31. to And one of the best games that have been played this year in the NFL, like the Vikings were up pretty big early on in the game but like always Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady these are the two only quarterbacks that I know that can will their team back into a game and that's pretty much what happened Aaron Rodgers will Green Bay back into the game and if you were a Vikings fan you probably like oh man like Green Bay is about to come back and beat us again but Minnesota was able to find a way to sniff out the victory even though it looked like Green Bay had all the momentum 
on their side now for the los angeles rams right now this is a team that is coming off a bye and they're kind of in a spot where you got to make adjustments i feel like every team no matter how good they are has a stretch during the season two or four games where they have to make some adjustments what was having a lot of success earlier in the season isn't really having that much success at this point in the season because defenses and defensive coordinators have started to adjust I think that has kind of happened to the Rams. I feel like a lot of defenses have started to take notice of what the Rams are doing offensively, and they're starting to find some holes in it. And over the last two weeks, the LA Rams have allowed seven sacks total. That's combined against the Tennessee Titans and both the San Francisco 49ers. When you look at both of those two, both of those two losses, they weren't competitive, they weren't competitive games. Like Tennessee basically did whatever they wanted to do against the Los Angeles Rams. Then the San Francisco 49ers were able to do whatever they wanted to do against the Los Angeles Rams. And the Rams didn't really get all that much pressure. And this is with um von miller playing like he suited up and played against the san francisco 49ers and the pass rush didn't really get going and this is scary because you already got aaron donald and you got von miller so i feel like the rams are still one of the best teams in the nfl definitely have some things that they have to work out now when i look at the green bay packers this is a team that has been through a lot of injuries they have injuries on the offensive line ellen jenkins recently just went down with the injury you got injuries in the secondary pretty much this is a team that right now you're kind of asking yourself how is this one of the best teams in the NFL well that's because Aaron Rodgers once again is having a MVP caliber season and when it comes to MVP discussion like I I can understand that people want to give it to Kyler Murray and whatnot but you definitely got to have Aaron Rodgers in the conversation you probably could say that if we're giving the MVP based on what the award actually means the most valuable player you probably could say that Aaron Rodgers should win it every year the same way you can make the argument say that LeBron James deserves to win NBA MVP every year because they're just so dominant but Aaron Rodgers is having a really good season as a matter of fact I wouldn't get mad at you if you said that this year has been a better year compared to what Aaron Rodgers had last year. Now, my main concern is going to be the Green Bay Packers secondary. Now, the Packers have played pretty well defensively this year. Like, this defense has made a large leap in terms of where they have been last season around this time. So, for the Packers secondary, you got torched by Minnesota last week. Kirk Cousins was 24-35, 341 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Justin Jefferson had a big day against you. Eight receptions for 169 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Adam Thielen, eight receptions, 82 receiving yards in a touchdown and you're facing a Los Angeles Rams offense that has a receiving core that's just as good as Minnesota you got Cooper Cup who has been one of the three best receivers in the NFL this year by the majority of NFL fan base out there I believe that Cooper Cup has been a best receiver in the NFL this year they're probably not going to slow him down I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers secondary once again has another game where they kind of have a performance where they give up a lot of yards to the air but 
Even though the Rams do have a lot of talent when it comes to the wide receiver position, Matthew Stafford hasn't really played all that great over the last two games. As a matter of fact, during this losing streak, a large reason why the Rams offense has kind of struggled over their last two losses is because Matthew Stafford's decision making hasn't been the greatest. Like there was a play last week, I believe, where he was trying to throw the ball to Odell deep. And everybody was looking at this place and see, man, like everywhere Odell goes, the offense doesn't do anything. And it really peed me off because it wasn't the Odell's fault. Like Odell wasn't the person throwing the football. Odell wasn't even calling for the ball. Like Odell Beckham was guarded by like three San Francisco 49ers defenders. And Matthew Stafford just decided to throw it to him anyway. And the pass didn't even come remotely close to Odell Beckham. And it was one of the easiest interceptions that you're probably ever going to see a quarterback throw on this level so Matthew Stafford's decision Matthew Stafford's decision making hasn't really been the greatest during this two-game losing streak hopefully him and Sean McVay have been watching and going over the film and they've been making some tweaks and they've been making some adjustments the offensive line also has to play better as well because the offensive line hasn't really done Matthew Stafford any favors in terms of giving him time to throw the football downfield now for Green Bay offensively we're still probably going to see a lot of A.J. Dillon. Don't think Aaron Jones is going to be able to play. He's still battling an injury that he suffered not too long ago. But when I look at this Rams defense, okay, this Rams defense is still playing at a really elite level regardless of what the stats may indicate. And for Packers fans, Coming off a bye week is a time that I wouldn't want to play the Rams at all because now they're going to heal up. They're going to be at 100%. And I think it's only a matter of time before we start to see their newly acquired acquisitions, like the acquisition of trading for Von Miller and signing Odell Beckham start to take place. I do expect those two players to start to have somewhat of an impact Rather that be Von Miller on defense, or rather that be Odell Beckham on the offensive side of things, because I feel like the Rams picked them up for a reason. They're going to start to find ways to start getting them involved, and I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see Von Miller start to have an impact in this game when you look at how beat up and beat down the offensive line is for the Green Bay Packers. And if there was a game for this Rams defense to really take over, I definitely feel like it would be against the Green Bay Packers, because the Green Bay Packers have gotten to some slugfest this year and a lot of people haven't really been talking about because of how dominant they've been but I definitely feel like this probably is the most talented defense that Green Bay has faced so far this year and you can say well JT what about week one when they faced off against the New Orleans Saints yeah that's week one but you got to take rust in right now you got to go off the eye test and right now I feel like this Rams defense is going to end up having a pretty solid performance or they could potentially have a big performance against this Packers offense so my prediction for this game I'm going to take the Rams the Rams are coming off a bye they're going to be healthy they're the more healthy team meanwhile you're kind of facing a beat up Green Bay Packers team right now Aaron Rodgers has a foot injury so we don't really know how that's going to affect his performance in this game offensive line also is dealing with some injuries so I think with the Rams coming off a bye week I don't see them dropping three games in a row I feel like they're going to be able to make the needed adjustments to win this game coming off this bye they're the more healthy team I got to take the LA Rams to get the victory. 
I say they win this one 27 to 20 is my final score prediction in this game. I don't feel like this is going to be a game where Green Bay gets dominated just because they have Aaron Rodgers. There hasn't really been a lot of games during Aaron Rodgers' career in Green Bay when Green Bay has simply went into a game and they've been, you know, just blown out the building. But I do feel like the Rams should take control of this game midway through the third quarter. So I'm taking the Rams. You guys let me know who you guys have winning this game down in the comment section down below if you are watching this on YouTube. The last game that we have to talk about, one of the more interesting games being played this weekend, we got the 7-3 Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the 6-5 Indianapolis Colts. The Buccaneers, as of right now, are a three-point favorite. They defeated the New York Giants on Monday night, 30-10. And meanwhile, the Indianapolis Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, Defeated the Buffalo Bills 41-15. Now, like I told everybody, this month, the month of November, around Thanksgiving, is the most important time of the NFL season because this is where we start to see teams start to hit their strides. They start to peak. This is where we start to see teams who struggled during the earlier portion of the season start to get really hot and teams who were good at the start of the season start to kind of get cold. And Indianapolis, Indianapolis, the Colts are one of the teams who started the season not slow, who a lot of people are riding off, just like how a lot of people are riding off Kansas City, and now they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. Jonathan Taylor has been going crazy over the last couple of weeks. He has been the first running back this year to reach a 1,000 yards. Last week, he had the game of his career 185 rushing yards, five total touchdowns versus the Buffalo Bills, a very good Buffalo Bills team right now. And meanwhile, you have the Tempe Buccaneers who are going into this game with one of the best run defenses in the NFL. They're only allowing 78.4 rushing yards per game, which is the best in the league. And Tempe Bay's run defense for the last two seasons has been the best in the league. So for Indianapolis, you got to wonder... What if Jonathan Taylor doesn't get going in this game? How is this offense going to look? Well, I don't really have any concerns about it because if Jonathan Taylor doesn't have a big game, I still feel like this team can win behind Carson Wentz. And a lot of people aren't talking about how good Carson Wentz has been this year for Indianapolis, completing 63% of his passes thrown for 2,484 passing yards, 18 touchdowns, only three interceptions. He has one of the best touchdown to interception ratios this year. And Carson Wentz struggled earlier in the season. As a matter of fact, I made a video asking, is it possible that Jacob Eason could potentially start over Carson Wentz if he performs well? Well, Carson Wentz has pretty much erased all doubts. There were a lot of people wondering how he will perform this year. A lot of people weren't really high on Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz has been really solid this year for Indianapolis. Now, I know you can say, well, JT, there hasn't been a lot of games where Indianapolis has asked Carson Wentz to throw the ball 30 or 40 times, but he is more than capable capable of being able to get the job done if he has to get it done through the air. Now you got Michael Pittman. Shout out to him. I got to give him a shout out because he's holding me down in fantasy football right now, having a outstanding year, having a breakout year, what a lot of Colts fans expected going into this year. 57 receptions, 752 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. He has been the best receiver and the most reliable option in the passing game 
for the coach this year. Now, for Tampa Bay, you look at what they've been doing offensively. Like, the offense for Tampa Bay has been there pretty much all year, and that's even with injuries to Gronk. And Tom Brady is having a outstanding year as well. He also should be mentioned in the MVP conversation, and not enough people are talking about the season that Tom Brady also is having because, you know, Tom Brady just has so much success and we tend to sometimes just overlook it and not give him props for it because it's Tom Brady. This is the level of football we expect Tom Brady to play. But Tom Brady this year has been way better than what he has been last year. And you got to remember, he took the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl last year. And the reason for that is because he's getting so comfortable in this Bruce Arians offense. They're starting to gel really good because normally... The quarterbacks first year under Bruce Arians, they kind of struggle. They kind of have high turnover numbers. They kind of are super volatile. But Tom Brady right now is getting along in this Bruce Arians system pretty well. Tampa Bay, they're loaded at every position. Wide receiver, offensive line. The run game has been really good. Leonard Fournette has been outstanding this year for Tampa Bay. He's also having a pretty good year. And he was playing so well to the point that he ended up kind of ghosting out Ronald Jones. Last year is kind of, you know, a flip storyline. You have Ronald Jones, who's playing so well that he kind of ended up ghosting out and phasing out Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette has kind of just been a hot man this season. Now, the Colts defense was getting a lot of criticism earlier in the year. But it also has been playing some really good football because you shut down Buffalo. You only held Buffalo to 15 points. Buffalo has one of the best offenses in the NFL. Kenny Moore is having a all-pro caliber season for this Indianapolis Colts defense. Same thing with Darius Leonard. So this is going to be a really big test for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's a reason why they're only a three-point favorite. And you don't really see a lot of large point spreads in the NFL. NFL. You don't really see a lot of double-digit um, point spreads. Normally, the largest point spread that you may see consistently probably would be 10, maybe 7 points. But Vegas probably views the Annapolis Colts the same way I'm viewing the Annapolis Colts right now. Like, this is one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And if there wasn't a team that could end up beating the Buccaneers, I definitely feel like it could be the Colts because they're playing some really good football right now. Now, my question is going to be, when you look at this Buccaneers defense, the pass rush. Because Indianapolis offensive line, their offensive line is pretty solid, but it's not as good as what it has been in the past years when it comes from a pass blocking standpoint. So I definitely feel like there's going to be an opportunity for the Buccaneers to get some key sacks and some key situations in this game. On top of that, you know, they're now starting to get a little bit healthy in the secondary. They're getting healthy overall. So... I really don't know how you should feel about this game if you're a Buccaneers fan or a Colts fan because there's a good chance that any one of these two teams can win this game. And I think that this is one of the most underrated games being played this weekend because you got to talk about the playoff implications right now because the Buccaneers, they're starting to take um, pretty good control of the NFC South. You know, you had the Saints who were on their trail for a good amount, but it now starts to look like the Saints are kind of starting to slow down. Injuries are starting to end up being too much for them. And when you look at the Colts right now, they're still trying to keep pace in a really crowded AFC playoff race right now. You got the Broncos, you got the Chargers, you got the Steelers, you got the Browns, you got the Dolphins who look like they're starting to surge right now. So 
this is a really big game for Indianapolis in terms of the playoff picture. And you're also trying to keep up with Tennessee in terms of trying to win the AFC South. My prediction for who's going to win this game, I'm going to take Tampa Bay. The reason why I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win this game is because I believe that they can slow down that run game of Indianapolis. And I believe that this offense for Tampa Bay is going to be able to do enough damage to that coach defense that they're going to be able to escape with the win. I don't think this game is going to be decided by more than three points. I think that this is going to be one of the best games that have been played so far this year because you just look at Indianapolis, they're just playing some really good football right now at the right time and you look at Tampa Bay I definitely feel like Indianapolis is going to be able to get Tampa Bay a scare wouldn't be surprised this comes down to whoever has the ball on the last possession but I'm going to take Tampa Bay to get the victory you guys let me know if you're watching this on YouTube who you guys have winning down in the comment section down below make sure you guys like the video subscribe to the channel also make sure that you guys go ahead check out the JT Sports Podcast every video that is uploaded on the channel is available in the audio format on every single podcasting platform apple podcast google podcast wherever you get your podcast from the jt sports podcast is available all you gotta do is type in jt sports it should pop up or you can go down to the description down below click one of the links and it should take you directly to it also make sure that you follow me on twitter and instagram my twitter and instagram handle are both at jt sports underscore i appreciate you for listening and i appreciate you for watching another episode of the jt sports podcast